Zipper rolls out to the right, pitches off to Taylor, and Taylor's to the 20. Down to the 15, down to the 10, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Touchdown, Billy Taylor! Touchdown, Billy Taylor! Billy Taylor scored a touchdown from 21 yards out. The crowd goes berserk. It was November 22nd, 1969 that they came to Barry, Michigan, all dressed in maize and blue. The words were said, the prayers were read, and everybody cried. But when they closed the coffin, there was someone else inside. Oh, they came to Barry, Michigan, but Michigan wasn't dead. And when the game was over, it was someone else instead. Eleven Michigan Wolverines put on the gloves of gray, and as the organ played the victors, they laid Woody Hayes away. Under center is Wangler at the 45. He goes back. He's looking for a receiver. He throws downfield to fire. Welcome to the Michigan Man Podcast on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew for Wolverine fans from coast to coast. Go Blue and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Joining us on this week's game day segment will be beat writer Aaron McMahon from M Live. We'll rehash the Army win and get Aaron's thoughts on some of the issues facing our Michigan football team after the first two games. First, my view from Section 17 to get us rolling. First, let me say this, and I think most of you will agree with this. The game was very hard to watch Saturday, but I thought Don Brown had the defense well prepared and they held Army in check for the most part. It was a good effort all the way around, but I thought the guys in the trenches were outstanding. Carlo Kemp, Aiden Hutchinson, Quiddy Pay, Ben Mason, Josh Uche, and I'm sure I've missed a few of them, but they were outstanding. It is a long day at the office trying to deal with the cut blocking schemes of that triple option offense. So I want to echo what Coach Brown said on Monday, very proud of the D. The offense was painful to watch at times, I agree with that. Everyone around me kept asking, is this the speed and space offense? Well, when you turn the ball over three times, you rack up eight penalties all in the first half and just don't look sharp, I don't think it matters what offense you run. It's not going to work. So we've got to clean it up, and we know it. Jim Harbaugh knows it, and so does the team. So I guess the bye week comes at a good time. We have two weeks to fix what isn't working and get some of our injured players back too because we have to be ready for Wisconsin. They look very good so far. Aaron McMahon says there is no reason to push the panic button, not yet anyway. Should we be concerned? Yes, but it's only two games, so don't hit the eject button. Beat writer Aaron McMahon from M Live joins us next here on The Michigan Man in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew.
here with us on our game day segment during bye week uh, to talk about what happened Saturday against Army's beat writer Aaron McMahon from MLive. Once again, great to have you with us, Aaron. Good to be back, Mike. Thanks for having me. And here we are, only two games in the season, uh, but fans already nervous about this new offense. And you wonder, is that justified or is everyone expecting too much too soon with this, Aaron? Uh, probably a combination of both. You know, I think week one we saw against Middle Tennessee State, they, they kind of kind of dumped the playbook out a little bit, and I think they did more than, than I thought they would. Uh, you saw a little bit of everything. You, know, you saw both quarterbacks get in the game pretty extensively. Uh, you saw them do a lot. Uh, this last week was a little, obviously a little different. Uh, you know, different team they went up against, obviously. Um, they, they seemed like they had to rely on the, on the run a little bit more than they did week one. Uh, so it's you know it, it, there, there's cause for concern just because that you haven't you haven't seen that offensive explosion I think some folks have you know wanted to see or expect to see mm-hmm. uh, but the same token too you know obviously it was a closer game than I think some folks expected you know Michigan was you know I think they were twenty twenty two point favorite going into Saturday's game against Army obviously it didn't end that way uh, so folks are going to be concerned and, and uh, you know they have a right to be uh, you know Michigan probably should have won that game a little more handily than they did. Uh, they should probably be a little bit more advanced at this point, you would think. Um, but, you know, they do have a bye, which I think helps them this week, and then they get, and then Big Ten play starts here in a couple of weeks. Well, Shea Patterson is having issues with ball security, which to me is interesting because last year Michigan did run RPO sets with him more as the season went along, and he really didn't seem to have any of these issues last year, though, did he? No, I, the only thing I can think of, and I said this to a couple of people last week, was that 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 season opener last year against Notre Dame, that, that final drive of the game, he fumbled the football away, and then Michigan, you know, kind of, kind of you know, um, you know, stopped them from having a chance to tie the game. But oh, by and large, he was pretty good. You know, he he was pretty smart with the football. He made sound decisions, and you know, I, I think his decision making hasn't been bad this year. But he just can't seem to hold on the football now. You know, Saturday against Army, Jim Harbaugh after the game, he you know kind of explained both of his fumbles. Uh, it sounds like the first one was was more on him. He was he wasn't holding the ball as as tight as maybe he should have been. Uh, and the second one, he's kind of got blind blindsided on that uh, on that sack. They kind of sound like they blamed running back Christian Turner on that a miss blitz protection there. Uh, but again, you know, you can't call off the football at the end of the day. You know, you can make all the excuses in the book. Um, Shea doesn't, he can't be doing that. You know, we saw it again last week against Middle Tennessee State in the first play of the first drive. Um, you know, and, and it was the same situation Saturday. It was the first drive of the game, and in both situations, it resulted in points for the other team. So, uh, you know, it, it, you might be able to get away with it here early in the year against these non conference opponents, but once you get into Wisconsin and Penn State and Michigan State and Ohio State, you know, those situations are going to be magnified. And, it, you know, it could be uh, more costly than, than they have been the last couple weeks. Well, Aaron Shea was not a factor in the running game on Saturday. There was mm-hmm. space for him to run on, on the RPOs many times, but he was handing it off, and that might have been the read. Uh, I don't think any of us will know that, but do you think maybe he's dinged up a bit more than we know? It, it sounds like it. You know, after the after the win over Middle Tennessee State, Jim Harbaugh made some comments on, in a radio interview here in Detroit that, you know, Shea was less than 100%. Uh, there were reports, I think, online that he was injured in that first play against Middle Tennessee State, and that fumble, he got hit hard. Uh, you know, it's unclear at this point what he's dealing with. I mean, he's, it's, he's clear he's, he's still, he's still, you know, able to move and throw the football. Um, but in terms of being 100%, we just don't know. I would, I would gather to say that he's not, you know, less. He is less than 100%, just based off, you know, what we saw on Saturday. I think he could have did a little bit more than he did. Uh, Jim Harbaugh was asked after the game. 
about it, and he, he claimed that Shea's 100% and he's, he's fine. So, you know, I guess we'll, we won't know at this point mm-hmm. unless it gets exasperated or, you know, something else happens. Um, but, you know, at this point, it sounds like they're rolling with Shea uh, at quarterback. And I think, you know, if they were truly either concerned over his injuries or frustrated with his fumbles, he would have you know, came out of the game at some point last week. You know, maybe they would insert Dylan McCaffrey a little bit more than they did. Uh, they never did. So I think at this point, you know, it's, it's Shea's job and barring some other, you know, situation, uh, you know, he's, he's a guy. Well, I know Saturday all around me, the fans were asking, is this speed and space or where is it? And, you know, watching that second half, Aaron, it almost looked like last year's offense, especially that second half, though, didn't it? Yeah, you know, it was funny. A couple of us were kind of talking about it in the, in the press box, you know, during that second half after the game, whether that maybe was Jim Harbaugh, you know, calling the plays again. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we don't know that, and it was never asked. Uh, but, it, yeah, you're right. It, it sure looked like the offense of last year where they were pounding the football and trying to, you know, gain a couple yards every play. And, and they were able to. I mean, credit to Jack Charbonnet. I think he had 30, 33 of Michigan's 45 carries on the day. Uh, eight of those other ones with the Shea Patterson. So Charbonne, you know, carried uh, uh, you know uh, much of the work there. Um, you know, and it's I don't know. It's interesting because you know I think Michigan was trying to you know burn clock in the mm-hmm. second half, and I think you saw you saw against North Tennessee State week one too. You know, they ran the ball primarily in the second half. You know, I don't know what the prerogative or the, the idea behind it was, um, but you know it, it, it worked. I guess at the end of the day, they were able to score there late and tie the game. Uh, but yeah, the, the question, the play calling is a little bit questionable. It doesn't seem to jive with you know what what Michigan, you know that the whole, like you said, the whole speed and space moniker, throwing the football around and, and getting guys open. So I'm, I'm curious to see if that changes, you know, here in the next couple of weeks of, with their their plan. Now we know that John Runyon Jr. is still dinged up, but that offensive line has two redshirt tackles playing um, Mayfield uh, on one side and Hayes on the other. And they haven't been bad, and I was watching them really closely on Saturday. They just don't look in sync yet, do they? No, inexperience is probably the best way to put it. You know, he's he's got high high marks after the Middle Tennessee State game. In fact, I think Jim Harbaugh said they gave him the Offensive Player of the Week award or, or whatever you want to call it. I don't think he graded out highest on, on the offensive line. I think that went to Ben Bredesen, but he played, I think, I think he exceeded their expectations with the coaching staff. So I think you know, they felt coming in the Army game that he was fine. He was, he was able to hold his own. Um, but, you know, it, Army's a little bit di- different of a beast. Uh, I, thought, you know, I thought they both played fine. Um, I don't think there was enough push on the offensive line that maybe they, they could have gotten had Runyon been in there and they you know, maybe had four or five more experienced, you know, four or five experienced guys up front. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's a work in progress, especially with two, you know, redshirt freshmen on the outside. You know, when it comes to the run game, you need the tackles to, to be in sync and, and uh, you know, be, be ahead, of, I guess, head of, head of the curve, I guess, so to speak. And, you know, they're, they're still there. You know, they're still young. They're still learning. Um, you know, luckily they got some experienced guys there in the interior with Bredesen, Amanu, and Cesar Ruiz. But, you know, this past week was interesting because, you know, the uh, Michigan was penalized seven times mm-hmm. in the first half. They're five against the offense. And I think three or four of those were against the offensive line. You know, Ben Bredesen was flagged twice for false start. Caesar Reese was flagged once. So, you know, those penalties were going against those younger guys or the, the more experienced guys. Uh, so I think it was, it was a, uh, I think it was a step back for the offensive line on Saturday. Uh, I thought they played pretty well against Middle Tennessee State, uh, not so well against Army. So I'm curious to see you know, if they're able to get running back against Wisconsin. And it, it sounds like they're going to be able to, uh, you know, how, how much better they can be. Well, there were some positives on the offensive side after <laughs> the game. Uh, Zach Charbonnet looks like uh, a bell cow back, 33 carries, 
Ronnie Bell making a good early impression too, isn't he, Aaron? Yeah, both were, both played really well. Charbonnet's, I don't want to say surprise, because that's not right. You know, he was obviously, he had a lot of hype coming out of high school. He was a four-star recruit. Uh, he, he rushed for, he had some huge numbers in high school. He just didn't practice at all in the spring. So we were kind of curious, you know, A, how he how quickly he'd be able to kind of mesh in this offense, and B, you know, was he ready to play in college right away? Mm-hmm. I think that answer, well, both of those answers have been, or both those questions have been answered pretty quickly here early on. I mean, he's gotten the ball a ton. Uh, he, you know, he averaged, I think, 11 yards a carry against Middle Tennessee State. He wasn't able to get that number, obviously, this this past week. But, uh, you know, he was he weathered through. You know, he gave him the ball a ton, like like you were talking about earlier. That second half was uh, basically all him, you know. So he, he did what he had to do. He, had all, he scored all three other touchdowns, uh, did a lot of the work. And I think, you know, Michigan right now is struggling with the running backs in terms of being able to trust them because you saw Ben, ben Van Sumeren uh, fumble. You saw Christian Turner uh, mess up there in the pass protection. Charbonnet, by and large, has been pretty good. You know, he's been, he's been reliable. Um, you know, he's, Michigan's been able to count on him. He was really good in pass protection week one. Uh, so it sounds like they have their number one running back, which which is it's a good sign after after spring, in which they had three of those guys banged up and or not practicing. I watched the game twice again on Sunday, Aaron. Don't know why I do these things, but he did. And <laughs> my first thought was, you clean up the fumbles and the penalties and things are going to get better. My second thought mm-hmm. was, how much better and how fast? This, I know, is not what fans want to hear, but you know, after two games, we might have to be uh, saying, this offense might take time to gel, and with this schedule... That could make for some real interesting nail biters, couldn't it? It could, you know. And you're right. I think these both their problems, whether it was penalties or, or fumbles, that are correctable. You know, if you remember the beginning of last season, Michigan had a huge penalty problem itself. Uh, they were able to kind of clean it up as the season went on. It wasn't really much of an issue as, as near the end of the year. Uh, and fumbles can be corrected too. I mean, she, we saw last year Shea was by and large pretty, you know, pretty mistake free when it came to turnover range. Uh, if, he can, if they can keep that, you know, if he can stop doing that, I think it would stop, you know, <clears throat> they wouldn't put Michigan in holes early in games and force them to kind of, you know, get get themselves out of it. They've had to do it, obviously, the last two weeks, um, you know, because I think by and large they have the, the better talent, the better players. Um, but, you know, if you do that against Wisconsin or Michigan State, you know, it could be, it could, it could hurt. Um, but no, I, yeah, it's, it's going to take some time for this offense in jail. I think that I said that in the offseason, you know, it was going to take some time. We just didn't know how long. Uh, I think. Luckily for Michigan, and I said this in the summer, this this first bye week because they've got they've got two this season uh, mm-hmm. comes at a perfect time. You know, they just play two two non conference games. They're able to kind of see what they have, kind of you know take order and take inventory. Um, but you know, I think this Wisconsin game next or in two weeks is a little bit I think more of a difficult matchup than maybe someone was expected before the season. Uh, you know, through two weeks, uh, Wisconsin is the most ranked defense in the country. They know we know they've got Jonathan Taylor at running back. Uh, so they got some weapons. It's not going to be a cakewalk in Madison on September 21st. Oh, no, it is not. Here with us on our game day segment this week during the bye week is beat writer Aaron McMahon from M Live. Aaron, let's talk about the defense. Uh, I know it seemed at times like we couldn't stop Army, and fans were grumbling about that too. But, you know, really, I thought Don Brown had the D pretty darn well prepared, and they played pretty well against Army. They did. You know, the Army only mustered, I think, 240 yards of total offense, mm-hmm. give or take a few. Um, you know, he, uh, they're, they're pretty good. You know, they did a good job stopping the run because um, everyone knew, obviously, that was Army was going to do. I mean, that's, that's their, their, their MO. Uh, they're going to run it down your throat. Uh, they're going to try and, you know, establish control at the line of scrimmage. Uh, and Michigan, by and large, held, held their own. Uh, that, you know, there were obviously some, some trickery there that I don't think they were ready for. Um, but you know they did a good job. I think that the front they started in three four uh, defense and they kind of went to a three three five as the game went on. But 
Um, you know, those guys up front did a good job. Um, you know, and that's another that's another interesting group because they're they're pretty inexperienced. You got a couple of you know young ends there. Carl Kemp, obviously in the middle. Uh, you know, he's a senior, but he held his own. Uh, and then you saw the kind of fruits of their labor as the game went on. They were able to you know keep Army off the board late, uh, and then they. You know, they came over with that game-winning sack and fumble recovery in overtime. Yeah, and you know, I, I was watching uh, the D-line play closely also. Ben Mason, he, I think he's playing very well right now. He is, yeah. He's kind of ahead of the curve a little bit. We, yeah. Everyone was kind of curious to see how he would handle the transition to defensive tackle. You know, I don't think he's there just yet, um, but he's kind of been forced into there you know, to play a little bit more despite the you know, nature of the you know, the lack of, uh, you know, you get the, all those injuries. that Dome Ford was out week one or he, he missed most of week one. Uh, you know, so you had Donovan Jeter sit out. So both those guys were back, but I think, you know, they're still a little bit limited. I don't think they're both 100%. You know, uh, Mason's gotten in there. He's, he's obviously he's a tough kid. He's, he's someone, obviously, the Michigan coaching staff likes a lot. And they kind of think they can throw in uh, throw in, any there, in anywhere. And he's handled it pretty well. And I know the defensive line is concerned, especially as far as depth goes. We've been hearing that uh, the entire offseason. But through two games overall, your thoughts on the defense as a whole? Uh, about probably where I expected it would be. You know, I, I think some folks are wondering whether this was going to be another top five defense, uh, given all some of the guys they lost. Uh, you know, I don't, I didn't expect that. You know, there are a lot of holes to fill. You know, Don Brown's shown an ability to do that. I, I think this, at the end of the season, this defense will be just fine. Um, they're still trying to trying to figure themselves out too. Um, but you know, given some of the, they do have some good players. They do have some experienced guys. They got some fast guys. So I think, um, you know, by the end of the season, they'll have things figured out, and I think they'll they'll know where they are. But not too bad. I mean, l- you know, luckily that these two opponents haven't. You know, these aren't high-powered offenses. Either one of them we saw. You know, Middle Tennessee State or Army. So I think, just like the offense, it was it gave the defense an opportunity to try and figure out what they have and what they do well. Um, so it's you know, but again, you know, two weeks against in Wisconsin is going to be, to be uh, a true early test to see where they fit with Jonathan Jonathan Taylor and, and Wisconsin's offense. So so far so good. Uh, you know, I don't think I don't think it's number three de- ranked defense, number two like it was last year. Um, but I don't think it's a, it's a slouch either. Well, circling back to uh, Saturday's game for just a minute, Aaron, I know Michigan was a 20-plus favorite on Saturday in Vegas, and that's not for the real world, of course. But that Army team, they are no joke. The, the longer that game went along, they're physical. They are so fundamentally sound. It's just not uh, me either. I think they are a better mm-hmm. team than a lot of the national media types and even our fans thought they would be. Oh, yeah. You know, this, this is kind of how they play. You know, they, they try and wake it down. Uh, they'll try and, you know, they... I think one of someone had a good analogy last week. You know, three yards is is, is, a, is a win for them, and and a, and a first down is an even bigger win. So they're they're trying to they're trying to milk clock. They're trying to run the football. They're trying to um uh, you know out out discipline you. I guess um, they've they've had success. I mean, they won 11 games last year. They took Oklahoma overtime last season. Uh, you know, they won their bowl game handily. Uh, it's a program that you know doesn't do anything exceedingly well, but they do enough things. Uh, good enough, and they're disciplined enough to where they 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 give people fits. And you saw that Saturday against Michigan. So I think it's it's important to put the Paul put all that in perspective and kind of pump the brakes here with with, with regard to you know Michigan's performance. Yes, it wasn't the best. It was it was sloppy as heck, and they've got a lot to clean up. Um, but neither one of these teams they played here the first two weeks, I, I think, are bad teams. I mean, Middle Tennessee State was again another eight or nine win team last year. They're in the Conference USA Championship game. Uh, so it's not like they're playing you know Eastern Michigan or or uh, you know at Georgia Southern or anything. And no disrespect to either one of those programs, but uh, it was a it was a tough test both these first weeks. Um, Michigan obviously uh, I don't know if they still passed, but they won both games. And at the end of the day, you know they are they are two and zero. I was reading a story on SI.com yesterday, and the gist of it was that Army is pesky, but the number seven team mm-hmm. in the country 
should be able to dispatch them rather easily and that Michigan was overrated, and that probably is true at this point of the year, but those kind of things, these ratings don't mean anything right now, do they? No, and I always point this out to people. You could look at the polls, the AP poll, the coaches yeah. poll, whatever. Um, you know, at the end of the day, neither one of those polls, you know, factors in uh, to the college football playoff selection committee's decision. You know, they, they have their own the poll that comes out in November. That's the one that will decide it. Um, you know, and right now, these both these polls just kind of provide fodder. You know, it was, it was they're, they're based off of expectations and what teams did last year and what they had coming back. Um, they're both going to change quite a bit. Um, I think Michigan will be in the mix, obviously, you know, come, come the end of the season. I, I don't think, uh, you know, folks should be, uh, you know, that worried right now. I, I think that Michigan's still trying to figure some things out, and, and, and I kind of figured they would. Um, but we'll, we'll see here what the Big Ten play gets in the way and how good this, this Michigan team really is. Now, as we've uh, been talking about, it's our first bye week. We have two this year, then on the road to Madison, which we've also been talking about. And I've only seen highlights of the Badgers so far. As you said, they're what, ranked number one defensively. They mm-hmm, haven't won a point, I don't think. Uh, the offense has been surprisingly good, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're a good team. And again, the game's in Madison, too. And that's always a tough place to play. It's a, it's a noon kickoff here. It's a 11 a.m. kickoff there. Um, you know, Jonathan Taylor's back. And, you know, Michigan's had problems with him in the past. Uh, it's going to be an interesting matchup. It's going to be one I think we'll find out really where that the real Michigan team is. If they're able to go in there and and eke out a win or you know put it take it to Wisconsin, I think the narrative of Michigan is going to change. Um, you know, they're like you said, they haven't given up a point yet. You know, granted they played South Florida. Uh, I mean, which isn't necessarily a slouch. You they went on the road and beat them. I think forty nine or excuse me, thirty one to nothing. Uh, and then you had Central Michigan this past week, and uh, you know CMU is not great either, but. Uh, you know, so far so good with Wisconsin. They're they're going to be. I think it's clear they're going to be a, near the top there in the Big Ten West. Uh, so we'll we'll find out what this Michigan team is made of in, in two weeks. Absolutely, and Michigan is not one in Madison. I don't think since two thousand two thousand one something like that. Just mm-hmm. a crazy place. We all know that it's always been that way in Madison. And it is a noon kickoff. But I've been getting emails and people around me at the game were saying, "Hey, they're going to push this to a night game." I don't think that's going to happen to you. No, it's. A, I think they're pretty much set at this point. Yeah. I guess the network should make a last-minute decision, but I, I, it doesn't happen too often. Uh, so I, I don't see that happening. And if, even if it does, we'll find out. We should know here uh, earlier this week whether, whether that's the case. Well, now that we've seen Michigan play two games as we uh, wrap this thing up, Aaron, are they what you thought they'd be this early in the season realistically, or are there now reasons uh, to be concerned about this team, at least in the immediate future? Well, I, I think I, I thought it would take some time for the offense to gel. I didn't think it would come right away. Um, I thought maybe the, I didn't think they would show as much as they did week one. Uh, but the same token, I didn't expect the the mistakes. I didn't expect the the fumbles from Shea Patterson. I didn't expect the number of turnovers. I figured they'd be a little bit more disciplined than they have been. Uh, so so both sides. I mean, in, in both sides of the spectrum. I think. Are interesting, you know. Like I said earlier, I think both the, the mistakes will be cleaned up, and I think they will be. You know, I, I've been around this Michigan football program and Jim Harbaugh, and this, you know, long enough to know that they're a relatively disciplined team, and when they do screw something up, it, it eventually gets fixed, and I think they will. Um, now it just comes down to whether this offense can, can do the job, because as we talked earlier, I don't know, the defense is as good as it was last year. I think it can, it can hold its own. Um, you know, you saw Saturday against Army. You know, Robert Hill's interception I think was key, and uh, you know. Had, Army was going in for a, a third touchdown and made it 21-7. I think the game would, might have taken a different different uh, tone there. Uh, so I think it's, this defense is good enough to make plays and keep Michigan games, but 
where they're going to really succeed this season is, is on the offensive side of the football. And if they can get things going, um, you know, here relatively quickly, uh, you could see some losses here, you know, so it's, it's going to be interesting, interesting um, storyline to follow. They, a, whether they can clean things up, and B, if they can kind of get things going. Because, you know, naturally the, their offense is only ranked, I think, in the 50s right now in terms of total yards per game. They only hit, I think, 350 this past week against Army. I think most fans want to see more. Um, you saw some of it against Mount Tennessee State. But, again, it's not the Big Ten schedule either. So, um, you know, it's a, it's a hard question to answer. Um, but, you know, I think Michigan's in a decent spot. They just got to clean things up. Yeah, I agree with that. And uh, I think a part of the problem is the expectations, no doubt about it. You know, since uh, Josh Gaddis was named offensive coordinator, it's ratcheted up, it seems, every week. People expecting the offense is going to fly out of the gate, and this, we're going to see that speed and space that everyone wanted to. That was the expectation. But once you start playing, expectations change. And I think for a lot of fans, even after two games, they've changed. But do you think it's too early to say this team is maybe not as good as everyone thought it was going to be? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the sample size is relatively still small. It's only two games. They've got 10 more left, uh, two bye weeks to, to get things in order. Um, you know, they've, it's, it's always way too early. I, I, like to, you know, I like to think maybe, maybe midway point of the season you can start to gauge things a little bit better. Um, you know, when it comes to statistics and, and expectations and, and everything else, sample size matters. And again, you know, remind your, your audience and folks, Michigan fans, and everything else, that's only two games. Uh, they are two and all. They haven't lost yet. Uh, but you know, we'll um, you know we'll see. You know, we got like I said, we talked about the bye week and, and everything else. Uh, we're going to know quickly whether this uh, you know this team is good enough. Now, the problem is, this is just reality of college football nowadays. Is one one loss and it changes everything. You know, we know the goal is going into this year. Michigan wants the Big Ten title. They want to compete for a college football playoff. And, and some outside prognosticators have them doing that. You know, in fact, I had Michigan win the Big Ten, and I still think they can. Um, but, you know, they, they, they got to they gotta, they gotta improve the offense. They got to take a step forward. I think it'll help when they get some of these, these, help, these guys back. Donald Phillips Jones is expected to come back from Maryland. I think that should help things a little bit, too. Um, but, you know, they're going to have to. Um, you know, figure out the play calling and, and hope that Shea Patterson is, is healthy enough, and it sounds like he is, to, to, to make the plays they need. We talked earlier, earlier, earlier in you know, the episode about the, you know, the read and the, the RPOs and stuff, and we didn't see that from him much uh, on Saturday. Mm-hmm. For Michigan's offense to be successful, they need him to, to be able to run that stuff. So they need to be able to do everything and have everyone available. And I think when, if, they, if they're able to and they do have that, uh, I think Michigan has the potential to be, and we've talked about it a lot, to be very good. Absolutely, and uh, the team has two weeks to clean things up, and believe you me, uh, the position coaches and Coach Jim Harbaugh will make sure that things do get cleaned up. And for the fans, I keep telling them this, just take a breath and uh, things will get better. It is a work in progress. Uh, You can't expect an offense to be flying at mid-season form uh, two weeks into the season. So uh, just take it easy and enjoy watching someone else struggle (laughs) for the next week uh, (laughs) on Saturdays. Our guest today has been uh, beat writer Aaron McMahon from MLive. As always, Aaron, it's a pleasure to have you on the show, and uh, we look forward in a couple weeks to getting you back and seeing what's up with this team. Absolutely, Mike. Thanks for having me. Quick Hits is next as we wrap it up for another week here on The Michigan Man and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew.
On Quick Hits today, this is the first of two bye weeks this season, and I think we all agree it comes at a good time. Josh Gaddis and Don Brown were made available at the Monday presser yesterday, so here are a few bullet points from them. Gaddis said Shea's oblique injury had no effect on his usage in the run game. He said Shea ran eight times, and Coach Gaddis said those were the reads. He also said Shea's decision-making was good. He just has to hang on to the ball with two hands. Coach Gaddis said he is correcting mistakes during the bye week and moving the offense forward. Don Brown was thrilled with his defense and their effort on Saturday. Army's 243-yard total offense was its lowest output since the Air Force game in 2015. He said now the guys could get back to playing a Michigan defense and get ready for Wisconsin. He said he also plans to start rotating more players in on the defensive line moving forward. Zach Charbonnet was named Big Ten Freshman of the Week for his effort on Saturday. He picked up 110 yards on 33 carries. John Runyon Jr. and Donovan Peoples-Jones are expected to both be back for the trip to Madison. True Wilson was in street clothes on Saturday, and there was no word on what his injury is or if he'll be ready to go up against the Badgers a week from Saturday. Michigan dropped to 10 in both polls. Not that it matters right now. Don't forget our free show app is available in the Google Play and iTunes stores. You can also hear us on Stitcher, iHeart, Spotify, and Radio.com. We only have one show for you this week. Next Tuesday, we'll be back with a new Michigan Game Day show. Uh, Then on Thursday, our Wisconsin Visitors Edition. So until then, have a great Wolverine week, everyone. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Until we meet again, take care, and as always, go blue. Thanks for joining us today on The Michigan Man, here on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network, and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Our listener lines are open 24-7 for your calls at 313-263-4842. That's 313-263-4842. Or email us at themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. That's themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. The Michigan Man Podcast is produced at the studios of Robin Lynn Productions, Allen Park, Michigan, and is not affiliated with the University of Michigan. Go Blue!